Welcome to Satisfied, where our aim is to behold the glory of God. My name is Nick Jackson, pastor of Timberline Baptist Church in Lacey, Washington. And I'm here with Bobby Gaither. Hi, I took it from you. What's up, my man? Hey, this is Bobby Gaither, pastor of Hope Fellowship in Hillsboro, Oregon. Hey, what's up, buddy? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's been a morning. It's been a morning. We, uh, well, yeah, you, long lost story your, sh- you lost your dongle. I... <laughs> Well, I had actually given it to my daughter because I didn't think I would need it because my Bluetooth was working so well. And then there must have been an update that Apple did or whoever, and all of a sudden my headphones aren't talking with my phone. It's a spiritual warfare um, thing. It I is. Get it it yeah. is. Uh, the <laughs> well, and, and then this morning, uh, uh, everybody should know that my wife um, is having a root canal today. And uh, I probably shouldn't say that, actually. Oh, it's too late. It's recorded now. This poor woman. Uh, the, so a lady that you know. A lady that I know that I happen to be married to. Uh, we'll last leave her nameless, her, though. Tiffany. We'll leave her nameless. I won't see <laughs> But her initials are Tiffany Gaither. Uh, <laughs> last week, on, on her birthday, uh, or, or during her birthday week, she started having this severe pain. And... Um, long story short, we're down to one car right now, and which we thought was fine because my mom and stepdad live with us. And so really we're a three-car family just amongst four adults. We thought we could make it all happen today. There was things that, yeah, it was just a crazy day. So I've been all over the place this morning. Um, we have officially 40 minutes to get this podcast done, and then i got to be back home. So What? Man, I thought yeah. I had you all day. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're gonna be a little shorter this morning. Well, uh, let's jump into what we're gonna do because we're pretty excited, and I think you especially are excited because one of the things we're talking about you've really been wrestling with not only in your life but in your church, and we're looking at. I mean, we, we've wrestled with a title: is it gospel discipline, gospel transformation? The whole idea is. We're, we're wanting to talk about, as Christians, how do we overcome sin? How do yeah. we continue to become more and more like Jesus? Uh, we all wrestle with things, right? Like anger, rage, lust, like evil desires. I mean, we just we wrestle with stuff. The flesh. And yet yeah. we know in Christ there is victory. The gospel saves us. The gospel frees us. God gives us the grace through Jesus um, to, yeah. to strengthen us so we can stand firm, so we can overcome sins. Um, how do we do that? And I think this is this is pretty big because there's a lot of Christians who, well, I think all of us. I mean, you know, pastors, um, non-pastors, we wrestle with how do we actually overcome sin? Yeah, yeah, and and the Bible tra- uh, promises us transformation, doesn't it? Yeah, that that we're going to be transformed and conformed in the image of Christ, and. Um, and sometimes that transformation is a stark difference between our old life and our new life. And sometimes that transformation is slow <laughs> and, and, and takes a long time to see or experience. Uh, and and the, the, po- the point of the purpose of today is, is what does that really look like? How do we really accomplish that? Or how does God accomplish that in and through us? And so that's part of why we, we wrestled with it. the title. Is it gospel discipline? Is it gospel transformation? Uh, but we want to say up front that transformation occurs. Like this is what we read in 2 Corinthians 3. We are transformed by beholding the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So it's the glory of gospel, the gospel. And our, our point today is, is transformation by the gospel, not punishment. Yeah. Uh, 
So, so what does that look like and how do we get to the root of the issue? And, and so, you know, there's many good books, uh, uh, that, that deal with gospel transformation. Um, how, uh, you mentioned a few. Yeah. Um, um, you can change by Tim Chester. That was super awesome. Future grace by John pipe, uh, John pipe, John J pip. Uh, hey, is that Sean Tim Piper? Chester or Tim Chalice? Uh, Chester. Yeah, I know. I thought it was Chalice okay. or Chalice. Okay. How do you say that? Chalice? Chalice? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. You say Chalice, like I'll say Chalice. Canadian, isn't he? Um, uh, yeah, so who cares? Potatoes, potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Tim. I'm just kidding. Um, we, we love you, Canadians. We do. Uh, so, yeah, gospel, um, you can change, future grace. But the one that we're going to kind of highlight a little bit more today is one that's been really instrumental in you. And you want to go ahead and introduce yeah. that one? Yeah, um, uh, Gospel Fluency by Jeff Vanderstelt. And uh, I think what I've seen from Jeff, just having, you know, I, I took our church on a, a uh, we went from the prodigal God to a gospel primer which by Milton Vincent, which is also wonderful, to gospel fluency in our table groups. Um, and underneath all this for me is the book Future Grace by John Piper, which has been incredibly instrumental. But gospel fluency for me puts puts in practical application all the theology that I've received from these other books. It, it, in many ways, and you were saying it earlier, it's more story type. And, and I see in some of his stories, okay, so what does this really look like as we apply the gospel to ourselves and even to others? In fact, it was, it was his, it was his um, chapter on uh, when, when he gave an example of his kids um, and how he walked them through the gospel uh, in the middle of a dispute that, that really l- just turned on the light bulb for me in, in a way that I hadn't seen it before because you know, I have kids, I have four kids, uh, you have kids. Um, and I don't always know, <laughs> uh, that just happened. Well, put it this way, just leading them to say, you're sorry, isn't always enough. I mean, that really isn't gospel transformation. Well, just because you can uh, force your kid to say sorry. Just cause, cause you, now say sorry or go to your room. Oh, man. Or say sorry or you're going to time out. It's that, so that true. Doesn't... Like, we get our kids to do that. I'll be like, you need to go. You need to go apologize. Sorry. And I'm like, right? well, that, that wasn't heartfelt. Do it again. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so I, every parent out there has to be saying yes. Right? I mean, like, we, we get that. So, so this... Uh, process that we're going to walk through that, that Jeff laid out so well, uh, going from fruit to root um, in his book. I think it, it, that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, it, it was just very influential for me and has and is still changing how both I parent my children, but also how I approach my own sin. Uh, that it's not just, oh God, I'm sorry I did this, X and X, yeah. but how, how do I actually get to the root of, okay, so where did this come from and how do I change? Yeah. So, and I, I think so that's, I'm gonna, that's, I mean, I just, yeah. How do you change? Maybe yeah, that should have been yeah. our, our title. How do you change? <gasps> yeah. Ooh. Well, then we, yeah, we, I think we're still, you know what? You'll just, I guess we'll figure out what it is when, uh, we'll just, when, when we, the when we put it, it up. Right. All right. Um, so you okay. want to you want to walk us through like just the principles yeah. of it, like like where do we even start? Like what do we know? Yeah. Well, and I think I think underneath it all, um, you know, he takes us through a process of fruit to root, and and I just want to lay the overall picture uh, of thinking, feeling, doing. Okay. And and I I think that's that those, um, uh, what's the word? Not intersect, but 
but but I think that's really uh, the underlying principles behind his his process. Okay, uh, so first, and, and he lays this out in his book too, and, and and so thinking, taking every thought captive. Okay, Second uh, Corinthians three or ten. Uh, verse three through six. For though we walk in, th- in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. Meaning, though we walk in the flesh, we're not we're not using the weapons of the world. We're not we're not waging war against each other, right? For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. And of course, you can go back to Ephesians six, right? Your spiritual weapons. Uh, weapons of faith, weapons of the gospel. We destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Okay, so here's, here's the, the underlying uh, passage for taking every thought captive. And it's, it's captive against every lofty opinion, every sin, really, every lofty opinion that's raised against the knowledge of God. Right, we want to take that captive, um, according to Scripture, according to Christ. Um, and part of part of what we see in the Bible is is the way we think. It leads to how we feel. And and actually, you know, I, I forgot to mention this. We we talked about this before. I think the the Hebrew understanding of the heart is both the mind and the heart. Right. It's, it's yeah. how how you think and how you feel are are. Are together are one, and, and in fact, the heart, your desires, are the seed of the will, and the will is what makes you go to do things. So, what you think is going to affect how you feel, and how you feel is going to affect what you do. Which is why we need to take every thought captive. Which is why it begins in the mind. Yeah, right? totally. So, uh, I th- there's another book out there. I think it's called "Change How You Think, Change How You Feel." Um, hmm. I, I need to look that up. Uh, uh, but. What we're going to do is walk through uh, examining our sin from fruit to the root, and then repentance uh, beginning at the root, which changes our fruit. Um, I didn't mean to rhyme, <laughs> but but I did. Uh, so so here's the doing, and, and you put a verse in, in Luke, right? Uh, and we I mean, there's so many biblical examples. Yeah. Of of where our heart is, our, um, that's what's going to um, direct our actions. So you mentioned Luke 6. Yeah, like Luke 6, 45. This is Jesus speaking. And it's uh, you got Matthew 5, 6, and 7, which is the Sermon on the Mount. And Luke 6 is kind of a, uh, a version of that. And so in verse 45, it says, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. And so this is, this is really just fleshing out, um, or it's, it's really the, the biblical basis for what you're saying is what's in our heart. And again, like what you said, heart refers to our mind and our feelings is what's going to play out. And I I love it. Paul Tripp, I think it was, I think it was in a video series he did on, on, marriage. 
And uh, basically he was talking about sometimes when we spew out to our, to our wife or we spew out to other people and we say, oh, that's not what I really meant. And he goes, actually, you should say, sorry for saying exactly what I, what I was thinking in my heart. <laughs> and his point is, is nothing comes out of our lips that does not first originate in our hearts. And, and what we have seen and, and really what, and if you're listening to this, you know, this is true. Oftentimes when we try to, when we, when we think about repentance, when we think about overcoming sin, we're only attacking the fruit, like the actual action, but we're not yeah. getting back yeah. to the root. Like, like, why is it we did this action? Why was I angry? Why was I yelled? Why did I lust? Why did yeah. I have these evil desires? And we kind of feel like if we can just stop the evil desire, um, then, then we're good. And that's, that's like just dressing up something. Um, but if we don't yeah. change the, the actual root of the problem, then we're going to keep just producing those evil desires or just different desires, different evil practices are still going to come out. So, Or we're going to get better at lying or better at cheating or better at whatever the sin is because if all we're trying to do is change what the fruit looks like and we're not addressing the root, yeah. We're just we're just gonna get we're just gonna be more sophisticated sinners. And that's what um, Paul Tripp. Um, I told you about I think yesterday that example with the tree. Uh, if you have an apple tree and it produces bad apples, if you just like yep. go cut off all the bad apples, that's not going to fix the problem. The tree is going to keep no. producing bad apples. And Paul Tripp talks about what if you go get an industrial staple gun and staple on a whole bunch of like really good apples on the tree. And then you're like, look, the tree has good apples on it. Um, but we know that doesn't work. But that's what happens when all we do is try to affect the fruit. And he says the only yeah. way that tree will produce good apples is if you change the root. you got to work in the soil yeah. where the root is. And so that's what we're going to do. So you want to yeah, right. walk yeah. us through kind of what that yeah. looks like? Yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll even walk through uh, with an example, just with myself. Okay. And, and do you want you me know, to provide me, an example about you? Or, uh, <laughs> of or of do my you sin? You, would you like to provide yeah. an example of my sin? <laughs> um, I, I had one in mind, but uh, if, you, if you want to, to lovingly, you know, lovingly pull out point <laughs> point out my sin. Um, so here's the thing: I th- we all we all come to places, or, or we all come to realize our own sin, and some, sometimes in the moment, and sometimes afterwards, right? And and I think this is where we begin to trace the fruit to the root. So when you realize your sin, how do you employ gospel discipline or gospel transformation? And by discipline, by the way, uh, what I mean is how. How are we to be trained by the gospel and how to think and what to do and how to go to repentance? So what does it look like? Well, first, I think you need to ask, okay, what did I do? What was the fruit that I just displayed? And, and I'll just, I'll be honest, like when I get frustrated, when I'm busy, um, uh, I've yelled at my kids, you know, um, so whatever that is, so for me, if it's if it's yelling, it's ah, you know, uh, that to me is 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 rotten fruit, right? Well, um, I mean, according to the Bible, yes. I mean, how did you? Well, and it's it's not like yelling like you know, hey, 
you know, get Watch out, out the road, for the there's a car coming, yeah. right? That's not the yelling I'm talking about. It's it's yelling like, what did you do? <laughs> you yeah. know, I or, told you. Why did you do yeah. that? Or what were you thinking? You know, it's it's those kinds of things. And typically it's after they've either they've sinned, <laughs> you know, uh, so their sin is producing sin in me. Uh, or it was just a misunderstanding, which happens which happens even more now with my 12-year-old son. And so I have to just be really mindful about how I communicate to them. So, so what did I do? And to what do I attribute these results, right? I mean, is it of the fruit or of this, uh, of the fruit of the spirit or fruit of the flesh? And obviously the answer is that's the fruit of the flesh, right? That's, that's my sinful flesh coming out. Uh, okay. So then I begin asking myself, okay, so what, this is what I was thinking. And this is what I did. Okay. This is what I was feeling. What was I feeling? Well, I'm frustrated. Why am I frustrated? Well, many times I'm frustrated because I'm, I'm either in the middle of a project or I'm working or I'm trying to watch something. Uh, or I already told them one thousand right. times. Thou- that's right. I mean, you, I, you you know this, and and that's the supposedly that's the whole, hypothetically. Whole, hypothetically, did haven't I told you? Or what were you thinking? Didn't we already say? You know, and so so you know the source is frustration. Okay. Uh, I'm frustrated, uh, or I'm angry. I'm angry over you hurt your sister. Uh, I I totally admit that uh, my girls have me wrapped around their little f- fingers, their little pinkies, and I'm very protective over them. Uh, and I know, like my wife and I both, kind of have the opposite problem. <laughs> She's the same with the boys. I'm the same with the girls. Uh, and so we're both working on. Okay, so how do we how do we be more rational when when those things happen? Uh, so the next is, what, what was I thinking? What was I thinking in that moment that I was frustrated? Well, you know, if, it's, if the example is, you know, they're coming up to me while I'm doing something, I'm thinking that I shouldn't be bothered. Like, I, I should not be inconvenienced right now. Um, I shouldn't have to serve or sacrifice you right now. You, you know where this, the snacks are or, or you know that the answer is no to media or you know that, you know, this. Or if they're being disrespectful, that's another thing that, gets me is when I feel disrespected. I have a preteen daughter right now um, who knows that she has me by her finger and she she can be what looks like disrespectful. Um, I should be honored, you know? That's getting me angry and, and frustrated. Uh, or I shouldn't be questioned. I've already told you. Why are you questioning me? I've already said this. Go do it. Okay, so that's what I'm thinking about me. And can I, like, just jump in right there? Yeah. Because, like, what you're saying is we're we're expecting, like, our children at that moment to really kind of be perfect. You know, like, I've already told you. You already know what to do. There should be no flaws in you. Um, So we're not giving them room uh, for – I mean, we're not giving them room for any grace at this moment. We're yeah, just saying, hey, yeah. grace is used up. You should be perfect, really like I am, you know, yeah. kind of in a sense like, hey, I should be respected. I shouldn't have to repeat myself. I've already told you. You know what to do here. So just that kind of idea like when, we're, when we get really frustrated with other people, we're, yeah. 
we're expecting like a level of perfection out of them that we certainly don't yeah. expect out of ourselves. It's kind of like yeah. when you uh, when you cut someone off, you're like, oh, I'm really sorry, I didn't see you. But someone cuts you off, you're like, jerk, what were you thinking? Um, <laughs> we, we're not always good yeah. at giving others grace. And I don't know, that was just standing out as you were talking about no, that. Like, I, you're, you're exactly right. Um, we're expecting them, uh, and it's, it's especially, you know, inconsistent for us to expect that of our children because they're, they're, I mean, just imagine they're, they're not adults. Um, they don't have the kind of control over their emotions that we do. They don't have the kind of autonomy, uh, that we do. And it is our job to raise them, to discipline, lovingly discipline them, to train them, to train them. Uh, why, but, but we know that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All, all are born in sin. They're going to be just as sinful as you and I are. Um, why should we expect them to be any different? Yeah. We, we, we really shouldn't. We really should expect that they're going to mess up, expect that they're going to interrupt, expect those things. So we're believing that, that we're all important, that we shouldn't be bothered, that we shouldn't be dishonored, that I should be respected, that I shouldn't be questioned. I'm believing that they should know that, that they should be perfect. Yeah. And, and what am I believing about God? Well, for one, I put myself in his place. Hmm. I, should be, I should be honored. I shouldn't be questioned. Right? But I'm also not believing that he's in control. I'm not believing that he's turning all things for for our good. I'm not, I'm not believing that this right here, this child that he's given me is, is really my first ministry. My wife and my children are my first ministry, my first priority, um, to shepherd. Uh, I'm, I'm not believing, I'm not trusting that he's in control. Um, I, I, I've really displaced him at the moment. And, and my faith is not in him, but in myself it's in my own power my own control um you know it it you know those things are often complicated by maybe what i was actually doing in the moment if i was doing a project for work um or you know uh something that something that's important to me um i'm not trusting that I'll have time or that God's going to provide me the time or, or the means to get it done. Or that if I'm doing something that's related, that I think is related to my identity, I'm not trusting that my identity is in him. Right. So there's so many things that we're thinking and feeling, uh, or, uh, that's incorrect. It's mm-hmm. incorrect. We're not putting our faith in the right place. And so what, what, so, what you've done here though. So, all right, when we get angry, that's, that's just the, surface problem. That's what's mm-hmm. revealed. But that yeah. goes back to a much deeper issue of who I think I am, what I'm believing about myself, what I'm believing about God and what I'm you know, thinking about others and all too. Um, so once we do that, all right, so we trace yeah. that back and you've yeah. yelled at your kids. You've now kind of, you've been convicted. You go in your room and you're like, man, what was I thinking? You walk through these questions you realize yeah. that there's this sin of, of pride and, and yeah. uh, you know, this desire for, for your own honor, your own respect. You're d- actually denying God at that moment in his honor and mm-hmm. his grace and his mercy. Uh, so what do you do? Like, 
Like what takes place at yeah. that moment? Because now, now we've gotten to the problem. What's the solution? Well, yeah, what's the solution? Like where do we go? Yeah. Well, and, and this is where, you know, Romans 12, right? Uh, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. Right? The, the knowledge of God and who he is is so important uh, for us. I mean, uh, theology and anthropology, right? The theology is who is God. The anthropology is who are we, right? And, and we look at that through the lens of the gospel. So, so what is the truth about God? Well, he is good. He is perfect. He is loving. He is in control. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He plans my steps for his good, for my good, and for his glory. Yeah. So, so, so even this interruption, I mean, here, here's what I would say. Even this interruption to my day, it's part of his divine plan. It's, yeah. it's part of his plan that, that he will use for yeah. my good and his glory. So, so even my kids, okay, and this is, you know, it's just interesting because we had this conversation last night at our um, Acts um, Bible study. Uh, but I would still say that God uses the sin of others against me for my good and for his glory. So I, here I am, I'm actually given an opportunity to reflect the gospel to my children when they sin, when they sin against me, uh, when they, and even when they're not sinning and they're just being kids, that's not a sin to be a kid, you know? Uh, and the fact and that they're growing, I mean, yes, they're going to sin, but that's part of the maturing process. I mean, that's, it is. that's part of our process too. It's not like, it we, it's not like you and I or anyone on this side of heaven has gotten old enough that we've matured from sinning. No, no. Hey, can you say uh-huh. what you said again though? Um, about other people's sin? I would say that God uses the sin of others to sanctify me. Right. Now, that's just like we need to know that. Now, that we see it all through the Bible. I mean, the whole book of Joseph yeah. at the end of, yeah. of Genesis is all about that. And the gospel is about that. In Acts chapter 2, uh, Peter stands up and he says, this Jesus whom you crucified, he's talking yeah. about the fact that the Pharisees have crucified him, and yet God has used that sin yeah. for the very purpose of glorifying yeah. God and for our good. And yet how often we deny that. Like we we yeah. always look at other people's sin as as an obstruction, as a problem, as an obstacle, as, as an inconvenience yeah. to us. And yet God's saying, no, no, I'm using that right now. Not only their sin, but, but your sin, yeah. all as a means of growing us. So we become more like and, Jesus. And just, you know, scripturally, right? When Joseph meets his brothers, you meant this for evil, but God meant this for good. Totally. Now, there's a, there's a bigger picture there. And I'm not saying that sin is good, right? Sin is still sin. Right. But God, in His in His omnipotence, in His um, in His foreknowledge, in His in His foreordaining, even I mean, look, the death of His Son was foreordained. Uh, he uses that for our good. Yeah, and 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 especially so if we if we give room. I mean, it's an opportunity to display the gospel. It's an opportunity. And, and so how do we do that with our children? Well, back to, back to this process, right? Okay. So what is the truth? What is the truth about God? It, it, it's that, all, look, every moment of my day belongs to him, right? He is that good, that sovereign, that powerful. 
he, and he loves me, right? So this was the truth about me. I'm imperfect, yet I'm loved. I'm fallible, and yet I'm treasured by him. I'm indwelt by his spirit, possessing all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. All my faults and failures and weaknesses, God is working them for my good. He's sanctifying me, and he's doing that to increase my faith in him. This is what we said earlier. All sin against me is working for my good, drawing my eyes to my Savior for grace and strength and making me into the image of his Son so I can be with him in glory. Like it, it's all about purifying me so that I can be in the presence of Jesus for eternity and behold his glory, John 17, yeah. 24. Behold his glory for all eternity, which is his purpose for us, right? So, so also, what's the truth about my children? They are image bearers of God, whom God has entrusted to me to love, to care for, uh, to raise up, to train in righteousness. Um, I, I am to shepherd them. I am to be a gentle shepherd, a loving shepherd. I am to model and display the gospel to them. Uh, they also are, are imperfect, and yet they're loved. Yeah. They also are fallible, and yet they're treasured by Christ. They're treasured by God. So, so I have to see the truth about God, about me, and about them. Okay? And, and when I see that truth, that affects how I feel. That affects my desires. Because what's my ultimate desire? It, well, it's to, it's to honor God. It's to love God. Yeah. It's to know him. It's to be satisfied him. It's to, it's to see his glory. Right? Well, what, what are my desires for my children? Well, that they would know the gospel that they would be transformed and changed by the gospel, that they would know Jesus, that they would have the same pursuit of God and same treasure uh, of Christ uh, as I do. Okay, so, so if my thinking has changed and my feeling has changed, guess what? My actions are going to change. Yeah. Okay, so, so my actions, instead of anger, it's going to be patience. In, instead of, or, or, or love, right? Um, instead of rebuke, it's going to be gentle care. And by rebuke, I'm, I'm not meaning good rebuke, gentle rebuke, you know? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be impatient with them. I'm not going to feel like I'm being put out, but this is, this is what God has called me to. And so the fruit of how I deal with my children is going to be different when my, th- my thinking about God and about me and about them is correct and my feelings towards them are correct or biblical. So I'm tracing the, the fruit or the root to the fruit now. I'm going back up the tree. So you start, right? you start with, in the beginning, you start with the, the fruit, the, the anger mm-hmm. and the fact that you yelled. You trace that back to what you were thinking. And then once you've identified your sin at the heart level, at the at the root level, so you that's then... where repentance that's where repentance happens. By the way, that's what we okay. didn't mention. So that's so the... repentance. Repentance happens at the root, right? But well, because... it's not just down to the identifying though. It's then the it's then what you're now saying. It's yeah. we've identified the issue, the the yeah. sin, but now it's the. Really, what does God's word say? What is the truth of his yes. word about himself, about me, and about others? And then in understanding that, now we know how we have sinned and what, yeah. the, right, what the right response is 
Uh, and that's that's really where repentance thing comes in at, right? Which then affects yeah. the what we do, how we speak. It affects that's the right. fact that then we go and we apologize to our children. Yeah. Or yeah. we get on our knees and we confess to God. Um, yeah. Or both. I mean, yeah, I, I've apologized... <laughs> <laughs> I've apologized to my children more than I can more than I can count. In fact, I, there's a funny story with about Josiah when he was two. I had mentioned to him, and it just just as this, I mean, I guess I've already confessed it. Uh, when I get frustrated, um, uh, man, I just I come out verbally with with yelling. And even when I we when he was young, I said, Josiah, I'm sorry, Daddy shouldn't have yelled. And he did something, I kid you not, 30 minutes later, and I, I, it came out, I yelled, Josiah! And he, he turns to me and he says, Daddy, you said you were working on not yelling. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, he, he called it out. And I was like, oh, man, yeah, he got me there. Nothing like being uh, rebuked by your kids. <laughs> by your two-year-old, right? Uh, but, but here's the thing. This is what, also what makes repentance genuine. Because I'm no longer just sorry for the fruit that I bore. I'm sorry for the root of my, the root of what I was thinking and feeling. We've actually offended God. We've offended God at this point because what I was believing about God was wrong. Right. Yeah. And and that's where it starts. Like and that's why David. I mean, David, Psalm 51. This doesn't make any sense unless you understand that offending God is worse than offending a human being. David says, "Against you and only you have I sinned." Like, what are you talking about, David? You just killed Uriah. You slept with you slept with his wife, and then you killed him. What are you talking about against God and only God? I mean, he, he, he's saying it, it was such an offense against God. Yeah, at the at the it, core, the, the, the greatest the offense core, was it, against yeah, God. Was against God. Uh, again, believing believing uh, false things about God, believing that God couldn't wouldn't satisfy him, right? Believing that that he needed Bathsheba or that he had to kill Uriah or w- whatever it was. Yeah. And, and this process takes us all the way down to the root of what were we believing about God? What were we believing about ourselves? What were we believing about others? How does that affect how we felt? Right? Um, how should how should we believe about God? How should we believe about ourselves? How should we believe about others? How does that how does that affect our desires and our feelings? And then what does that mean for our actions? Yeah. And of course, our, your action then is to go and repent. It's to, it's to ask for forgiveness to those you've offended. It's to point to the cross. It's to point to the gospel. It's to say, hey, I, I want you to know, like, um, I, I am trusting in Jesus um, of, of, of his forgiveness for me, and I'm asking for forgiveness from you. I'm, I'm pointing at the cross uh, as... As, as my salvation, as my covering, and, and as your covering, right? Um, this all has to come back to Jesus. We are forgiven because the expectation is that, you know, we're made in his image. Yeah. And so when we fall short, how, how, do, how does that gap get covered? By Jesus and only Jesus. Yeah. And, and, and that's what makes our, our gospel, the gospel of Jesus, a glorious gospel, is that we're not only saved by him, our sins are forgiven, and we are being transformed into his image by the power of his glorious gospel. That's good, man. You know, and, and what I like is, is like what you said about David um, in ourselves, is when we sin, it's because we are believing something wrong about God. And we need to realize that as Christians, while we even might have right theology, but 
when we sin, we're abandoning that or we're, we're functionally yeah. denying it. Now, we still, yeah. we still at our heart level, uh, at some, to some degree, we, we do believe you know, God is sovereign. But functionally, we're actually acting as if he's not. We're functionally as unbelievers yeah. at that moment. And that's something yeah. that, that every Christian is going to, that we all experience. And that's the process of becoming more and more like Christ. Um, and what I like, as you're saying, is, like this process, we're, we're not just trying to change how we think. We're not just trying to think positive, you know, just have better thoughts. Um, this isn't just, okay, I thought wrong. Now I need to think better. But this is a, a spirit-empowered transformation. It is us coming and saying, I, I was denying God's sovereignty. I was denying his grace at this moment because I didn't think I needed it or because I thought I was powerful. Um so I don't just then need to say, God, you actually are sovereign and, you know, let's just go forward. Yeah. But it's actually that repentance right there and asking yeah. not only for that forgiveness, yeah. but for that grace and that mercy to know, to understand and to live out the truths of the gospel. This is not just uh, yeah. realign or this isn't just thinking rightly. I mean, it is, but it's by the power of the spirit. Yes, I was just going to say the one thing we have to mention here is this transformation is only possible, yeah, because of the Spirit of God. Yeah, we're not. This isn't a modern psychology, which um, we talked a little bit about yesterday. Like I, my background is psychology, my undergrad psychology. Uh, I I went into psychology because I wanted to understand my own family issues, my own personal issues, <laughs> and and what I realized is while while I gained understanding of of my of my culture and and my family culture and maybe why I had a <clears throat> tendency to sin certain ways, it gave me no power to change. Yeah. It gave me no power to change. Uh, it couldn't change my heart. I could address some of my behaviors because I didn't like the consequence of my behaviors, but that was still all about me. That was pride. You're just putting a better I, gift wrapping on. I, I'm just I, I'm just I'm a more sophisticated sinner. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm able to hide it better, but it, it didn't change my heart. It is only by the Spirit of God that our hearts are transformed. This is a supernatural act of God, and this is what He is doing by His Spirit through His gospel, uh, by His glory. Uh, and so, and so that has to per- that permeates that permeates this whole process. Is the Spirit of God a for one just convicting? What is that? What is the role of the Spirit? Right to convict the world of sin. The reason why I know my fruit is bad uh, when I yell is because the Spirit is tapping me on the shoulder, saying, yeah. uh, 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 "Bobby, this is not this is not who I've called you to be. This is this is not representative of the God you love and serve." Um, uh, so the Spirit is is there throughout the whole process, and it's actually a sweet process. Yeah, it's it it is repentance is a sweet sorrow, a godly sorrow. Um, uh, that ends in faith and hope, right? Because we have a, 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 a faith in a God who is changing us and a hope that he's uh, transforming us into the image of his son. And there will be a day when all my sin, sorrow, frustration, yelling, whatever it is, is gone. Yeah. It's gone. Uh, but, but he's also calling us to progressively become more like him now. So... Yeah. So hopefully that's helpful. Um, hey, I just want to throw one more thing out there. Uh, I mentioned earlier Milton Vincent's Gospel Primer. You know, 
how do we get ahead of this? Yeah. I mean, right? So so I guess this is the you know a question we don't have there. We only have a couple minutes left, but how how do we what is and I don't want to say sin prevention, but maybe it is sin prevention. Well, I, I, I think don't there's know. I think there's two things. Well, there's probably more, but there's two, right? There's we need to know the word. Yeah. Like if we're going to apply the truths of God's word, we need to know his word. Um, and that's what we're doing. We're, we're thinking wrongly. And then the spirit's going to work in us that we would change the way we think and that we would then think rightly about God. But in order to do that, we actually need to know who God is. Um, yeah. And so sometimes we can do that on ourselves. Uh, like we, yeah. we can rightly correct ourselves. Like our sins are so apparent, uh, like the yelling at the kid. And we just see that. But there's other times that we yell or we're impatient or we're angry or we're lusting and we don't see it. We're actually justifying our sin. And I think so that number two is we need to realize sin is blinding, which is why we need others. We need to be in, in community with one another. Yeah. And yes. I would say like we do a thing at our church called table groups where that's where men and women, uh, you know, like co-ed groups all getting together, size 10, 12 people. Those are great. Those are great for connection. Those are great for practicing hospitality and serving. And those are great for developing relationships where then you can have two or three guys together and you can have two or three women together. And when guys are just with guys, they can really wrestle with the heart issues. And we need, as guys, we need other guys pressing into our lives saying, hey, what's this? What's going on there? Hey, is that sin? And calling us out. And then, and not out of meanness, not out of anger, but out of a love for us that we would grow in Christ. Um, Because if sin is blinding, then we all must realize that there are going to be times that I don't see my yeah. sin. Therefore, I need you, and I need you to point it out in love uh, yeah. that I would see it. So I think we need two things at least. We need the Word so that we know what does it mean to think rightly about God. And number two, uh, we need others because sometimes we're still just not going to be willing to see it. Yeah. So this is probably a sub-point of, of needing the Word is just being reminded of the gospel. Yeah. On a daily basis. Yeah. And, and I've heard Piper say it. He said, I preach the gospel to myself every day. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what Milton Vincent's A Gospel Primer is for. It's fantastic. It's a short book. Uh, I would just encourage you to get it. Just stew over. Just uh, meditate on. He, he has like 21 or 22 uh, short paragraphs uh, that talk about the gospel and its effect. Uh, and... And here's the thing is when you're meditating on the gospel on a daily basis, you're reminded of who God is and who you are. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's why I, I love this book for that reason, because it, it puts in perspective and it, it applies the gospel to, to us, to our, our mind and our heart. Um, and, and not to say that, you know, if, that I'm not going to fall, but I'll fall less. I will sin less if... I won't be sinless. I'll will sin less if I'm in the gospel, meditating on the gospel every day, every morning. Yeah. So. Well, that's going to be because, like, going back to our our podcast, right? Because we're going to be more satisfied in Christ. We're going to see. We'll satis- we're going to yeah. see how lovely and beautiful God is and all of His glory, and we're going to desire that more than our sins. So. Yep. Yep. Well, and and even just today's podcast, right? Uh, because of the truth of who God is, the truth of who we are in in God, our thinking will be right, our feeling will be right, and our actions will be right. And God will be glorified. And God will be glorified. So, bam. Cool. Explosions. Um, <clears throat> firecrackers. Well, hey, how about we uh, we prayed up? 
And then all these resources, Gospel Fluency, Future Grace, Theology of Biblical Counseling, You Can Change, Gospel Primer, and who knows what else. It's all going to be on the website, so we encourage you to check that out. Uh, but let me pray, and then we'll, uh, we'll walk through it. Father, we come to you now in the name of Jesus, and we, we come to you realizing that you are sovereign. You are good, you are holy, you are powerful, and you are using every single moment in our life for our transformation, for our good, that we become more and more like you. You are using my sins and the sins of others as a means of changing me, of transforming me, of revealing my areas of unbelief, so that through the power of your Spirit, Lord, I would confess those sins and become more and more like you, satisfied in you, experiencing your joy and your glory, that I would shine brightly in this world for your glory. So, Lord, we just pray. God, may we each and every day be in the truth of your word, that we'd be aligned by it, that just as we read in Romans 12, Lord, that that we would be uh, spiritual sacrifices to you, that our minds would be renewed on a daily basis. Lord, we praise you. We praise you that you are good. We praise you that you are in control of the chaos of our lives, transforming it for our good. And there's always God, there's always grace and there's always mercy available to yeah. us through your son Jesus because of the cross. Yeah. We love you. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Yeah. You've been listening to Satisfied in Christ. You can find more of our podcasts and our resources on our website, www.satisfiedinchrist.life. That's .life. And hey, if you've listened to um, our podcast, which you have if you've gotten this far, uh, we'd love for you to jump on iTunes or what any of those other Podbean things are. And hey, hit a like button, uh, leave a comment. Also, if you jump on our website, we would love for you to write us a message there. If there's anything you want us to talk about to, uh, to speak on, um, hey, we want to know. We want to cover it. So let us know.